0: Welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com, and I have a special guest. Actually, not that special. He's, you always read his work. This is Brandon Ewing of MileHighSports Sports as well. How's it going, man?
1: It's going fantastic. Thank you for having me. I am excited to talk about the Nuggets and what they have done
0: today. That's why <laughs> we are here. Um, so, obviously, some things got very interesting this morning. I want to preface this by saying I'm sorry I was an hour and a half late to this news as was almost all the Nuggets media because we were quite inebriated and out oh, late last night. Exactly, so, exactly. We are all catching up. There's going to be more and more content coming. I'll have a film uh, study coming out on how he fits with the Nuggets probably tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. Um, there's already a piece up by Brandon Ewing on Mile High Sports, but we're going to kind of cover the ins and outs of everything to do with the fact that the Nuggets have traded for Jeremy Grant. Um, lots of not, There's almost no moving parts here. It is a singular protected first round pick. It is a top 10 protected pick for this year if it does not convey the next two years either it'll be it'll stay as that top 10 protected pick until you clear that third year in which it turns into the two seconds um, jeremy grant is going to fill in that backup power forward role i could see him playing some backup center uh, way back in the day he did play a little bit of small forward but we'll have to just wait and see if that's going to be his role but just what are your overall thoughts the second that you saw that deal come down
1: well, my overall thoughts is I was, I was very excited because the Nuggets are getting a, a higher energy guy. They're getting a guy who's not only a good basketball player, but he seems like a really good guy to have in the locker room. And they're getting a guy with playoff experience, which is always huge. I mean, he played he's played 16 playoff games. He started five playoff games last year, and he was fantastic in those playoff games. I mean, he shot 45% from three in those playoff games, and he's constantly getting better as a three-point shooter. I mean, last year he shot a career-high 39%, and that's just another dimension that adds to this Nuggets team.
0: I totally agree. I mean, when you start talking about his ability to stretch the floor, that is a new development for him. But he was over 40% from the corners which is where he'll probably find most of his shots within this Nuggets offense. He was a 39% three-point shooter overall on like three and a half attempts a game. Um, Shot almost 50% from the field as a player. He's like 49.5 or something like that. And his free throw stroke is real, 73% as well. So in terms of the offensive touch, it does look like he has turned that corner. Like he really, that is, I don't think that last year was a one-off year by any stretch. I do believe in his offensive skill set. But now what I want to talk about is how that fits with the Nuggets because he played a lot of minutes with the Oklahoma City Thunder last yeah. year, but his numbers weren't outrageous, of course. Um, played like 32 minutes a game. I think he averaged like 13-6-1, and one, which is good. Uh-huh. Um, But he he knows his role. He was a guy that... In Oklahoma City knew that Russell Westbrook existed. Paul George was there. Steven Adams was going to get some touches. So he figured out how to perfectly fill in the spaces around them. And that's why I think Denver was looking forward to being able to bring a guy like that into the fold because the Nuggets don't need a star. They're not looking for somebody to come in here and just suddenly take the ball out of Jokic's hands or Jamal Murray's hands. They need a guy who can block shots. They need a guy who can touch the floor. They need a guy who is able to do all the small things to be able to help you as a franchise move forward towards winning an eventual NBA title so in that sense I don't know if there's a better value out there for a guy that could help the Nuggets as much as Jeremy Grant can
1: yeah no that, that fit is the biggest part when making an addition and I think that's that's huge for the Nuggets especially a team that plays and is built around so much culture in continuity, so just adding a guy that you can just fit into that and a guy who just like you said knows his role, knows what he has to do, and just doesn't have to do too much. He's gonna fit in perfectly. I think it won't take any time for him to really adapt and he's just gonna he's gonna be great from the get go, I think. So how do you think he'll fit with Jokic? Oh my gosh, they're gonna have so many alley oops. Freaking dunks! It's gonna be sweet. Jokic obviously gonna be the one dunking. Jeremy Grant's gonna be the one <laughs> slams because he's got hops and he's just he's just a bouncy player, man. He just plays yeah, with a, a he, stick. he just plays with a ton of energy too. Like and and that's contagious out there. And I mean I already know the Nuggets, they're flying around. They they play contagious basketball anyway. But then adding another guy like that's only gonna help.
0: I totally agree, and I think. Him coming off the bench with Monte Morris is going to add such a different dimension to that bench unit as well. Monte Morris and and, um, Jeremy Grant, they're going to do such a good job, in my opinion, of being able to transition from that starting group to the bench unit. They're going to be the first two guys off the bench. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they'll be able to kind of transition that. You'll get those minutes with Nikola Jokic, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray insert small forward here in Jeremy Grant and like that's a really interesting transition bridge rotation at that point. I'm very excited to see how they fit I think with Jokic he's going to be brilliant Um, I do think as well defensively he's the perfect type of power forward to make up for Jokic's defensive deficiencies his ability to block shots from the weak side his ability to defend on the perimeter his ability to bang with guys down low who are stronger than him but also be able to close out to shooters and quicker guards who are outside playing on the perimeter so I do think that he just adds so much defensively to this team in that way. I'm still kind of walking myself through how he's perfectly going to fit, but the way that I see it is I go back to that Starship Thunder team when it was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and then they had Serge Ibaka. Mm -hmm. He can be that Serge Ibaka type player that rotates over, protects the rim, that can defend one-on-one, that is able to hit threes, that is strong enough to get some buckets down low, can attack closeouts and just obliterate the rim. Is a good lob catcher. His rebounding radius is huge, despite the fact that he wasn't a big rebounder. I blame Russell Westbrook for that, but it's going to be so interesting to see how quickly they hit the ground running. Um, it's going to be so much fun. And I think offensively, the lob threat is something that's going to be extremely important. There's not a whole lot of players on this team that that, that, that Nicole Liukic can just throw the ball up there for.
1: Yeah, no, he's their best lob threat from from the game. It's I not think. even close. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: by far the best lob threat on that team. Easily. So... Adam Matez of Denver Stiffs makes a fantastic point when it comes to Nikola Jokic that the most dominant two-man pairing with Nikola Jokic that he had was Kenneth Freed. Kenneth Fareed was, when, when he played alongside Nikola Jokic, there was just so much gravity vertically between the two of them that... It was impossible to stop. It was just so hard to stop. And they're going to get that in spades with Jeremy Grant, but he can also stretch the floor. he, can, he can also, also make a little bit. Shoot way better. Yep, and, and he like can defend better on the perimeter. He's not just a guy who wants to sky for blocks to get on ESPN. This is going to be a player who is going to be... He's what everybody wanted Kenneth Fareed to be on uh-huh. this team. So I, cou- I just can't envision a better player with this Denver Nuggets team in terms of a non-star power forward and honestly I'm of the thinking that that let me just ask you this do you think that you're going to see a guy like let's just roll with him let's talk about Jeremy Grant as the long-term power forward of this Denver Nuggets team is that on the table in your eyes yeah absolutely because I think
1: that Jeremy Grant next year you're going to see him come off the bench you're going to see him start He's just so interchangeable, and he can play with literally every single person on the roster that he It can clearly be the power forward of the future. And, I mean, I know Jared Vanderbilt's there as well, but Jeremy Grant just, I mean, he's shown Jeremy it. Grant, he's shown what he can do. So far.
0: Yeah, and a Jer- a Jeremy Grant is just significantly better than Jared Vanderbilt is right now. And Jared Vanderbilt in his first summer league game did not show what people had hoped he would show. Yeah, exactly. So, at this point, you can't rely on him to be your backup power forward. So the Nuggets did what they needed to do. They went out and they found someone who's extremely good. Um, the other portion of this... The Nuggets have been very patient. And their patience has become almost their identity in ways. Whether it's Michael Porter Jr. and Bowl Bowl and Jared Vanderbilt and being extremely cautious with their approach. Whether it's letting Nikola Jokic grow into his role. Whether it's giving Jamal Murray a max contract, believing that he will eventually turn into this star-level player. So with that being said... Do you expect the Nuggets to continue? Do you think this was a patient move by them? Because in my opinion, they could have gone out there and tried to get Tobias Harris. They could have done other things that may have potentially had more upheaval and more negative repercussions, but because they waited, because they were patient, they got someone who was absolutely going to help this roster without sending out a player, with only sending out a top 10 protected first-round pick that's likely going to be in the top 23 anyway. Mm-hmm. And because of those things, it just feels like they were able to get so much value, despite the fact that they gave up almost nothing. Because they also had a traded player exception, which he fit into Wilson Chandler's traded player exception. So no players go out, just a protected pick, and you move on with your life. That, to me, it speaks to the Nuggets' culture and the way that they have developed this organization from top to bottom in a way that they can go from... We're going, we knew how much upheaval we have, but we're going to build internally, and we're going to do this on our terms. And they've done that to a point where they have built the best young core in basketball and are now finding the right kind of players to fill in the gaps around them. Do you see that like I do? Oh, yeah, because the, the patience
1: is top-notch, and, and you've seen it from, like you said, they're waiting on guys for injuries, they're waiting on guys to develop, and they're, and they're doing that in free agency now. They just let everybody sign and throw money to different guys, and then Paul George goes to the Clippers – suddenly the thunder they're selling and then they just swoop in man it, it was it was a great patience move and then they just
0: keyed on right when it was available it was yep. great i totally agree and also they were able to use that traded player exception before it expired as well cuz that's just Cause like a free opportunity the 12th, it 12th was going yeah. to expire um before we go any further i got to pay some bills real quick First of all, shout out to the Regulators Regime on Instagram. They are the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones that made the beats of the intro and outro of this podcast. Additionally, Terrapin Care Station is the presenting sponsor of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Terrapin Care Station is the best place for all of your cannabis needs in the Denver metro area. So definitely go check out Terrapin Care Station. And last... But not least, this is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast powered by Mile High Sports. For all local Denver, Colorado sports, whether it's college or not, go check out Mile High Sports for all of that coverage. But before we go any further, here's a quick word from our benefactor, Terrapin Care Station. Welcome back into the, to that Denver Nuggets no Daily Podcast. This is TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. I am sitting with Brandon Ewing of Mile High Sports as well. Say so hi, my friend. Actually, well, again, plug your Twitter too because you still are suspended off of Twitter and you have to use this yeah, old one. So yes, I am one. still suspended, so I'm going to be using
1: the old one. I don't think my one that was pretty good is ever going to come back, so just follow me at at B underscore skip 1717. The other one was just 117. Now this one's 217. So Double up.
0: Double up. Two is better than one, I guess. So what I want to talk about now is looking towards the future when it comes to Jeremy Grant because Jeremy Grant – was not a guy in my opinion from what i understand that was traded for as a rental this was a guy that has two years left on his contract each of them is for 9.3 million and the last year is a player option the interesting part of this is how the nuggets are going to be able to actually extend him and how much money they will be able to offer him because As things currently stand, they only have the early bird rights for him because he has only spent two years on this current contract after this season would end. So if he does not pick up that player option, the Nuggets cannot offer him more than, what is it, four years, $56 million. That's the most years and the most money. Um, It's right around $14 million a year is the most they can pay. But if Jeremy Grant picks up that player option, the Nuggets would have full bird rights and could sign him from anywhere from a veteran minimum all the way to a five-year max contract. It is completely up to the Nuggets so long as that is legal by the CBA rules. So with that being said, what is your perception, Skip, of the contract situation for Jeremy Grant? And do you see this as a situation in which the Nuggets are trying to keep him around, not just for one or two years, but potentially much longer?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see him as a long-term fit. And like we talked about, he could definitely be that power forward of the future. He definitely could fill that role. and People
0: it, forget he's 25 years old. He's, he's very
1: young. He is very young. And I think he is just going to fit in perfectly. He really is. And once they see him fit in, how he interacts with everyone in the locker room, I feel like that's just going to be a guy that they want to keep around, and he's going to be a guy who produces on the court as well. So it's,
0: it's just going to be huge, and he's definitely a guy I can see in Denver long term. It's so interesting because the Nuggets needed a versatile stretch big who can be extremely productive defensively. So of players who had at least 60 steals, 100 blocks, and then 50 made threes, there were only three players. It was Giannis, it was Carl Anthony Towns, and it is Jeremy Grant. The type of player that he is is what allows him to be that long-term fit. Tim Connolly is not moving on from a draft pick just because he wanted a guy for a year. I do believe that this is a player that they want to keep around. The interesting question is going to be, does he pick up that player option next year? It would be extremely helpful for Denver if he did because they would need that little bit of extra money to be able to continually sign the rest of their guys, and then they could have those full bird rights regardless of what happens to be able to keep him in Denver and give him what what, what they can come to terms on an agreement. But if they don't and he declines that player option, the Nuggets would not be able to offer him more than $14 million a year. That means another team could come in, and they could offer him 18 because he's 25 and does all these things, and the Nuggets would have to trade people or find new ways to create salary yeah. to be able to do it. So the Nuggets are in a predicament when it comes to next year. It's going to be very, very fluid in terms of how the Nuggets can keep him as opposed to if they want to keep him. I think we're both in agreement that they would like to keep him from what we understand, but it's going to be tougher than that. And that's a very interesting wrinkle to this is the timing of it and how... It's going to be so much up to if the Nuggets are willing to move on from a guy like Gary Harris or Will Barton to open up the space to sign potentially another player so you can also keep Jeremy Grant. That's going to be a very, very interesting decision because they also have Mason Plumlee, Paul Millsap, Torrey Craig, Malik Weasley, and Walter Hernan Gomez as free agents next year. So there's a lot of... roster changes potentially coming or there could be none at all there is absolutely no middle ground it's going to be chaos in that sense so it's going to be tough projecting what's going to happen with him but I do think that we're in the same boat that the Nuggets would like to keep him around and look at him as that kind of power forward of the future
1: totally
0: agree um let's talk about where the Nuggets stand in the Western Conference now how much did this move the needle for the Nuggets did this let them jump Utah are they right there with the Lakers? Are they still one step below Utah? To you, one step above Portland? Do you have an idea of yeah, where they
1: fit now? Well, I I I really just I really like the move, and I think the move is going to help them out a ton. And I think that I still think the Clippers are probably the team to beat. But then I would put the Nuggets right right the behind Lakers, them, right basically. in the Lakers and Utah. I'd put them in that group. I I really in that think tier, yeah. in that tier. And I think that the is Nuggets Houston
0: in that tier, by the way, for you.
1: Yeah, Houston's probably in the in that tier, it's but I still tier. I still think the Nuggets are better than Houston. I still think the Nuggets are actually better than Utah, and I think the Nuggets I think the Nuggets are probably better than the Lakers. I really think the Nuggets are behind the Clippers.
0: Like I really I think do. everybody's behind the Clippers, right now for yeah, sure. Yeah, the
1: Clippers are definitely ahead of everyone, but I think the Nuggets are are
0: scratching the surface of that. Yeah, with so, this move, I think where I'm at is you have the Clippers in one tier, you have the Lakers in another tier, and then you have Utah, Denver, Portland, Houston. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. And I do think that this trade, because I had Utah as, like, literally, I, I I put them above Denver after they traded, after they got Boyan well, up. Yeah, like, decide. like I, I like I Utah. In.
1: I like Utah, but I still think that Denver's better than Utah. I just and believe now I in the with right this there. move, too.
0: Now this comes down to, I can hear both arguments, that yes, he could like, the Nuggets could absolutely be better than Utah, and you could, Utah could be better. They're right there now, which makes this very interesting, because this leads very well into my next question. Are the Nuggets done? Are they going to hold on to these top 10-esque guys in their rotation, or are they going to continue to look for additions elsewhere?
1: See, I, I think this will be the top 10 they roll in the season with, only because I think that the big move or a guy that they could look at is Bradley Beal, yep. and I don't see that until the trade deadline. I agree with that. So I feel like that definitely these are the guys they're going to roll with, and then the trade deadline is where you could maybe see that that massive splash that really just takes this team Above all those teams we mentioned in that tier. Or in, right there with the clippers. Right there with the Clippers. Actually, no, like hand in hand, down. ready to ready to duke it out. So th-
0: what would be too much then for Bradley Beal in your mind?
1: Um too much would be I wouldn't trade Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal. I I would move
0: uh I wouldn't move Jamal Murray at all. Wow. I would not move Jamal Murray for Well, he either. can't, by the way. Just so people know on here, this is a very weird rule. When you sign an extension off of a rookie deal, that next year is technically your rookie deal, not your big deal. So you have a poison pill, which means he cannot be traded next year. Yeah. So weird little stipulation regardless. I would. Uh, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez, and, and two first-round picks. Is that too much? Three first-round picks, man. I I, I'm not. with you. I think Bradley, you Beal, work.
1: Bradley Beal makes this team... Instant contenders. Instant contenders. Like we said, just with the Clippers. Like, yep. just with the Clippers. And, totally like, the Clippers agree. are in their own tier right now. So just imagine adding Bradley Beal. It puts the Nuggets in that same exact tier. I really think it would elevate them exponentially.
0: Another player to look at in terms of this discussion in particular is Wancho Hernan Gomez. Because where do, where does Wancho fit in Denver now?
1: Yeah, it's it's really... really... You've
0: Paul Millsap and you have Jeremy Grant. You have Nicole Yogurt and Mason Plumlee. You have Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, and Torrey Craig. There is literally no room for him.
1: There is literally zero room. And and we already have heard that they're going to give Michael Porter Jr. all the opportunity and chances he can to show... If he can play. Exactly. (laughs) To show what he can do. So, I mean, just... It puts Wancho in a really tough spot. It really does. So, I
0: think if the Nuggets wanted to do right by Wancho, they could try to trade him or just release him. Yeah.
1: No, and I think that Wancho's a guy that they really
0: would do right by, and that's something the Nuggets have shown like, to do. Yeah, you can look at what the Thunder did to um, today with Alec Burks. Alec Burks had signed with them. Paul George then left, and now, now everything is in upheaval, right? Yeah. So they were like, you know what? It's up to you now. We're going to wave you and let you go choose where you want to go. So now Alec Burke's signed with the Golden State Warriors. And they did that with Muscala, too.
1: And he No, Muscala's staying with them. Muscala wanted to stay. to stay. He chose to stay for good. sure.
0: But they give everyone. But that. they gave him the option. That's so the the I, I wonder if the Nuggets do something similar, because not only that, Nikola Jokic and Wancho are very close. So it would be kind of an attaboy to your star player's good friend to let him you know, take his career in whatever path he feels. And there's almost no stretch bigs on this market. Yeah. If like, there's wings that can shoot, like Wancho, it's rare. So like I think there would be a market for him. So I wonder if the Nuggets try and trade him if they don't find the kind of asset. If it's just a second-round pick, I wouldn't be surprised if they just let him walk because he deserves the opportunity to do so.
1: He really does, and I I still believe in Wancho. And it's I, don't think because... he, I, don't,
0: I also don't think this will happen. This is just an interesting kind of segue because of what happened today in the NBA. Already. Exactly. I would just, he's a guy who deserves a chance. He really yeah. is. Um, they could also just let him go to restricted free agency and see what happens yeah, which exactly. is totally fair as well. Exactly. So it'll be very, very interesting. Um, last thing I want to talk about is just a real quick. Uh, Trey Lyles has had his offer sheet, or his qualifying offer rescinded off of the floor. So what that means is that Trey Lyles is now an unrestricted free agent, unless the Nuggets for some reason signed him to an entirely new contract for no reason. Trey Lyles will not be in Denver next year. Yeah, that Ninety nine point nine nine percent chances Trey Lyles is not in Denver next year. So Trey Lyles is gone. Um, Terrence Davis, part of the Nuggets Summer League team, played one game with them and 30 minutes later had a contract with the he's Toronto thriving. Raptors he's for two thriving. years. So Terrence Davis is now off the board for the Nuggets as well. Um, Summer League takeaways, just real quick, because we're only about, this is just like a quick emergency pod, I'll have a more in-depth look at Jeremy Grant soon, but we're only 20 minutes in, let's just get five minutes of Summer League talking.
1: Well, Terrence Davis is already a Nuggets legend, he's, he is. he's 1-0 and and he was incredible, um, best winning percentage in Nuggets history. Exactly. He's <laughs> he's gonna put his jersey in the rafters. That, Thomas Mack rafters. rafters. Those cocks of a number twenty one Nuggets jersey. If Jack
0: Cooley is not having his jersey retired in the Summer League Raptors, nobody should.
1: Oh, absolutely. But uh no, I thought that Terrence Davis was obviously really good, but I mean he doesn't play on the Nuggets anymore. But he's a guy who who bet on himself. He could have took two way deals. He didn't, he came and played on the Nuggets
0: Summer League team and now he earned a two year contract. Funny thing about that, his agent, Terrence Davis same agent as Kenrich Williams. Mm-hmm. Did the exact same thing last year. Turned down like four two-way offers and got an actual contract with the Pelicans.
1: Which is which is important to note because the Nuggets have two years in a row had undrafted stars, I guess you could say, because they're guys that could get two-way in Summer mm-hmm. League. And those guys thrived, got NBA contracts, so that means in the future, the Nuggets are going to get even more of those guys. Even so could... the year before that, they found Torrey Craig. Absolutely. No, the Nuggets have constantly found these hidden gems in summer league and and we were talking about last night the nuggets summer league team is just really fun to watch like i mean we, we watch all these summer league teams and the nuggets by far
0: have the most energy yeah. it's unreal they're how fun th- you can tell they're excited to play with each other
1: exactly it, it's just a great group and i think that speaks to the culture of the organization it really does because those guys just love to play basketball and they're doing it for the nuggets and they're enjoying it which is really fun to watch because you watch other summer league teams and these guys i mean they're playing for their jobs they're nervous yeah. You know, they're they're pressing a little bit. The Nuggets player seems to just go out there and, and, and play and just have a good time. And it it's really is fun
0: to watch and cover. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, players that have impressed you for the Nuggets so far in Summer League? Uh, Pick three. They don't have Black to be Co- like... Yeah, Blacko was really good. Really good. I was really surprised by how good he was.
1: Blacko was really good. I really like Kiefer Sykes' first mm-hmm. half when he was just... I mean, he was chucking with confidence, which is key. I mean, he missed some shots in the second half, but I still liked his confidence a lot. Sean Tate obviously had those really really sweet
0: dunks that was like – Get ready for Jayson Tate to start instead of Terrence Davis, who is now off the Nuggets summer league. Yes, I'm fully prepared for Jay Sean Tate Wow, I am losing my mind. Why are we talking about starters for summer league after someone got traded? I'm losing my mind a little bit right now in Vegas. Well it was. Why this... do I have takes about this? I was gonna have, <laughs> I was.
1: I was about to roll off Tyler Cook takes because because Tyler Cook is getting all the time now oh, off the uh, probably off the bench, and Tyler Cook kind of thrived yesterday. He Dude, had he, a lefty he, hammer. He had
0: that. He had the block that led the Jayson Tate's second dunk as well. Exactly. 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 And uh... v- Vlaco, let's talk about Vlaco for a second because, from what I understand, from what I've been told, is that he is not locked in stone by any by any stretch. But Vlaco has an inside track to getting one of these last three roster spots. For, well, last two roster spots for the Nuggets, that Jeremy Grant has yeah. signed. Uh, well, it has been traded over here. So Vlaco, I wanted to see what he was going to be. Like I was very curious the kind of progression he took. Because he played in the ACB League last year, which is probably the second best league in the world. So he took a big step in terms of the competition level he was playing against last year. So I wanted to see how that translated to Summer League. And he does look bigger. I'm not going to say he's 6'11", but he does look bigger. And you can tell the game is no longer too fast for him at the summer league level. You can just see him thinking through, methodically knowing where everyone is going to be at any given point. The perfect time to cut, when to pull your cut back, when to cut completely through and pull your defender with you. The minutia of the game, the nuance in his brain about what he is doing, he's just always in the right place.
1: Yeah, you, you can tell that he, he really gets it now and he's ready. Like He's ready. Like, That's what I keep saying. He's ready. Man. Like last year, you could see uh, he probably needs another year. He's getting there. You, you can just see the potential and now, like you said, his his body looks really good. His body looks one of the best bodies I've seen out of any of these summer he league He looks like a Terminator, he, like he
0: could be a Spartan
1: 300. He looks like an NBA player, and, and you can see when you just look at guys at summer league, you're like, oh, that guy looks like an NBA player, that guy's close. Vlaka looks like an NBA player, and like you said, the game is just so much slower to
0: him now. You really can tell. Yeah, and like he's the kind of guy that... Let's just say everything is going to shit in a game against a bad team like the Knicks, and you're just not there. You throw a Vlaka in there; he'll make every right decision. He will make this team functional. He will keep everything moving in the right direction. He just has that innate calmness to him, and he just fits in. Like yeah, man. Like same thing we talked about with Jeremy Grant. The Nuggets just have guys that just fit in perfectly. Like his IQ and his feel is just perfect for what this team needs. So I do think that he. I don't think he'll play much. I think he'll get like a really cheap two-year vet minimum kind of deal. Yeah,
1: but to him that that's awesome. I yeah. mean he worked his way and he, he's I mean, he's it, been
0: a drafting stash guy for four years for them. Yeah. Like developing slowly over like overseas in Eastern Europe and then over in the A C B league. I do think that he gets a roster spot. Like, I'd be very surprised if he didn't. I don't know that he will get it. I would be very surprised if he didn't get a roster spot. Yeah, though. S- same here. And it wouldn't be a two-way. I, I don't think that, that they would throw him a two-way. I think he would get an NBA contract.
1: No, he definitely would because I think the two-ways are still going to be Welsh and Goodwin.
0: Uh, let's talk about Jared Vanderbilt briefly. What did you think about Jared Vanderbilt's first game?
1: Um, Kind of opposite of Vlatko, kind yeah. of how Vlatko's game was yeah. slowed down. Jared Vanderbilt's game was about 100
0: times faster. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he pressed fast forward when yeah. he was playing basketball. And I don't know if that was just him, like, just kind of jittery, or if that's just who he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does have that. Even when he played in the season, like, I just remember that Brooklyn game he was in, and he was really good in that Brooklyn yeah. game he played. But, again, he's, like, very high motor. Like, he's always on the ground. Yeah, again, <laughs> he's
0: off or on. There is no gears to him. You're off or on, and he just goes. He is always on. on. So I wonder, and this is the play devil's advocate because I'm gonna be very honest. From when I rewatched the game, his defense was abysmal. His offensive touch is non-existent, and I am very high on Jared Vanderbilt. His effort on the boards, he probably had the ability to grab 17 rebounds that just didn't quite get into his his hands. His effort
1: on the boards is always going to be 110%. And defensively,
0: so yes, he got blown by a few times, but you can see him moving his feet on the perimeter. You can see the skill. You can see how he can be that four-spot defender who can guard four positions for you. So you see the skill. But it has not manifested at all, and it the touch was what worries me. The, I touch knew the touch was bad me. as it was. Like he was airballing free throws at the rim. Yeah, the the Darla offense at the rim.
1: I think the offense was the biggest concern that I had because he still was playing with that energy and effort. But then on offense, it was kind of just. It wasn't translating to anything. To
0: do. It wasn't translating to anything productive. <laughs> he doesn't look like a player who knows the sets that are being ran around him. That's not to say that he's lazy; that he just looks out of touch with the basketball that is being played around him. Yeah. And again, very young, missed a year of basketball. There's a lot of things that go into these kinds of processes, but I was very underwhelmed by Jared Vanderbilt. Um, next question is Brandon Goodwin. Do you think Brandon Goodwin is on this as, on this team as a two way contract player next year?
1: No, I do, and I. Goodwin did struggle yesterday. He but, struggled but, pretty bad. But I talked to him earlier yeah. the week, and I just I really believe in him. I think he's a guy who's motivated. He's a guy who who I he can be successful. And I think that he he was not great yesterday, and he still was second on the team in scoring. Mm-hmm. And he was not great. He still had seven assists yesterday. He yeah, was but still he also had
0: five turnovers.
1: He did have five turnovers. See
0: that? See that's that's the, the thing. That's the thing right there. And if he, can be a, if he can be a good defender, because that dude put some muscle on, too.
1: He did. He That's did. It's going to be
0: a very interesting rest of the summer league. I also, check out Rion Brown. I'm excited for people to watch Rheon Brown. Um, I'd really like him. I think he is the third point guard in the NBA. And then I think Kenny Goins, the old Michigan State product, mm-hmm. will end up getting some minutes where Jay Sean Tate played. Yes, if Jay Sean Tate goes to the starting unit.
1: And just for any of those former University of Northern Colorado fans, because that's where I graduated, go Bears. Watch Jordan Davis because he was he was like Jared Vanderbilt played 100 miles an hour yesterday, and I think the game will slow down for him next time. And he still had a really sweet block the other day. He's yeah, a guy he who he's a guy who can get up, and I would not be surprised if either tomorrow or Wednesday he has a highlight reel dunk and that thing's on ESPN because he's one of the best dunkers in college basketball. So Jordan Davis yeah. got to watch.
0: Last question: How was your first earthquake experience?
1: Oh, it was incredibly scary. (laughs) My, uh... No, it it really was scary. So you're watching there and and Zion's already done with, so you're just watching the Pelicans. You're not really watching. You're just doing stuff on your computer cuz why would I be caring yeah. what's going on yeah. with the Pelicans game? And then it just starts shaking the whole thing and I my legs were like shaking and like went numb because I'm like freaking out because nobody really knows what's going on. Like people have a rough idea. But then I look and like the Pelicans guys are like sprinting off the Dude, court and I, I'm it like
0: look like they were being like you know what people look like when they're getting chased by bees. They'd like throw their arms in looked the looked air. Like and they're, just, like sprint in circles it like, like
1: they were getting chased by something, and I was like, "Where's what's happening?" And then, like everyone, of course, in the arena should probably just sit there and do nothing.
0: But every single person gets up and leaves. <laughs> so- it was so f- And the, the PA announcer, it was like semi-pro in the movie Semi-Pro, where he's trying to fight the bear, and the announcer's like, "Please stay he's in like, your seats. Everything is okay." And everyone's just like, panicking. He's like, "Everybody panic! It's okay, guys. We're gonna be okay. The safest place is in your seats." Oh my That was the funniest one. The safest place is in the seats that are currently shifting below you. Like. Exactly what he said. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. But this has been the summer league podcast that we have recorded so far. I will end up having another one out on Jeremy Grant that's more in depth, a little bit more statistically outlooked. Um, I just need more time to get a grasp on this. Like I'm hungover as hell right now. I was up till five thirty in the morning last night. Oh, we had a great time. And I woke up to my phone buzzing in my face, and Adamata is shaking me, telling me that Jeremy Grant has been traded to the Nuggets. So yeah, no, I I, I woke up. I woke up
1: on the couch and saw Harrison Wynn from BSN Denver, and he's like. The Nuggets got uh, Jeremy Grant. I'm like, who? I was. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was Jeremy Lamb at first, and I was like, why is there Jeremy Lamb? He's on the Pacers.
0: What's happening? <laughs> it took me like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, it's fantastic. This is awesome. <laughs> Alright, that has been the weird hungover version of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Definitely go check out Regulators Regime on Instagram. Check out Terrapin Care Station for all your cannabis needs in the Denver metro area. Go to milehivesports.com. Go find this Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast on all of those podcast platforms. Leave me five-star reviews even if you're lying. I don't care,
1: give six me some star,
0: Six star review. Yeah. If only that was an option. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening to this. We will talk to you guys in the near future. Have a great rest of your day.